BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 165 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Run, Josh, you whiny little cur. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Hahn. Thank you for liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends, relatives, coworkers, and neighbors about this podcast. We continue to grow, and I continue to enjoy doing it. I hope you're enjoying listening to it. What a week, America. I mean, here we are in the dog days of summer, heat wave, pretty much all across the this country. If you're living in one of the rare places in America that hasn't experienced 90-degree temperatures in the last, I don't know, two weeks, God bless you. But it has been a scorcher on the East Coast. Uh, as, it's, uh, as I'm taping this on Monday night, it is raining here on Long Island, so thank God. I think a cold front is moving in and we will get some relief. As you know, I'm a runner and I have two dogs and I can't stand the heat. I can't stand it. Really can't. Everybody's like, oh, how do you deal with those New York winters? I don't know. I put on a coat. <laughs> it's not that bad. I actually enjoy the New York winters. Especially, you know, look, runner's least favorite season is summer, right? Because there's nothing you can do about summer. It's hot. You can't. You can only take off so many pieces of clothing. At some point, it becomes counterproductive. In the winter, you put on some more clothes. And quite frankly, if you're a runner, you go out, you take a lot of those clothes off. So I don't like the heat. And you know who else doesn't like the heat? Josh Hawley. He's also a runner, it turns out. Um, I was on doing commentary on the hearing Thursday night on News Nation, where I've been doing a lot of work lately. In fact, I'll be hosting uh, the 7 p.m. hour on News Nation the week of August 28th. So set your DVRs. Put a note on your calendar. Now's the time for you to figure out where News Nation is. Trust me, if you have cable, you have News Nation. It's in every home in America. It doesn't mean everybody's watching it, but you definitely have it. Uh, the week of August 28th, I'll be doing some hosting. They'll be filling in for Leland Vitter, my friend over there uh, at News Nation. But I was on, and Leland asked me the question, was it a cheap political hit on Josh Hawley to show that picture of him running? And my response was, screw Josh Hawley. Who cares? Yes, of course, it was a political hit on Josh Hawley. But Josh Hawley drew those people to the Capitol on January 6th when he announced a week before January 6th that he would be the first senator to stand up and object to the results of the election, thus 
instituting a two-hour period of debate where he thought he would just grandstand for two hours, you know, and get himself in position to run for president among those maniacs who worship at the altar of Trump. And by the way, I'm going to talk about this fake Christianity going around. I know I've talked about it a lot uh, on this podcast. CNN did a nice piece on it over the weekend that I shared on my Twitter feed. Um, but yeah, he thought he'd just go there and grandstand and get these people engaged and ready to go for the next time. No, no. What you did, Josh, was you told some people who were part of a cult that there was a chance that January 6th could be a place to stop Biden from becoming president and allow their false God, Donald Trump, to remain in power. So yes, it was a hit on Josh Hawley and yes, He deserved every bit of it. He is taking out, he's basically ended the career of Adam Kinzinger. He is trying to end the career of Liz Cheney. He may be successful, right? Their fellow Republicans have ostracized them for basically wanting to get to the bottom of something that definitely terrified even Josh Hawley on January 6th as him streaking out of the Capitol showed. So yeah, Josh's chances of ever becoming president of the United States are probably gone now because he looks like a little baby running for cover on January 6th from the mob he helped incite. Maybe there's a certain part of me that thinks Josh Hawley, Hawley's a little more self-aware than than he seems, right? Because Josh Hawley was smart enough to know, and of course, I think he went to Yale and Harvard, Josh Hawley was smart enough to know on January 6th that the mob would not know who he was, right? The mob wouldn't care that he was the guy who went on Fox News Sunday a week before January 6th and said that he was going to challenge the election results. No, they wouldn't differentiate him from anybody else in the Capitol. They would have taken him out by the ears, beat him to whatever. And thank God they didn't. But I think Josh Hawley knew that 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 was something that he could That could have happened to him had he remained uh, in the Capitol. So he fled very quickly. And now there are all sorts of Josh Holly 5Ks popping up around the country. You know, and of course, he's out there selling a picture of him, you know, a mug with a picture of him with a raised fist. You're done, Josh. Maybe they'll keep you in Missouri. Maybe you'll be senator of Missouri until you're an old man. He's a very young man. He's younger than me. Uh, maybe you'll be there for another 30 years in the Senate, but you're just going to be an old man in the Senate talking about nonsense and people are never going to let you forget that you're a royal, royal hypocrite. As for everything else we learned on January 6th, at the, about January 6th on the hearing last week, um, clearly the Secret Service has got a lot of explaining to do. Where are those texts and emails? Clearly, they feared for their lives. There was a witness there. It should have been chilling to all of you. This person was uh, you know, protected with his identity protected, uh, talking about the messages being received by the Secret Service on January 6th. It, it was shocking and I would say chilling what I heard from that person. People wanting to talk to their families, saying goodbye, not knowing if they would get out. And you heard some of the radio chatter that they played about what was going on. You hear the fear in the voices of these people who, you know, look, they are they're on the presidential protection detail. Uh and, you know, they're they're really there, you know, for the most part, over the last fifty years, their concern has been the lone gunman, right? 
that person who was, you know, a face in the crowd, you know, you have a, a crowd of people who want it, who are there to see the president or anybody else they protect. And you're worried about that lone gunman. They have never had to take on a mob, at least as far as I know, in the history of the secret service. So it was very concerning and they didn't know really how to handle it. And you could hear the panic in their voice. But that doesn't excuse the fact that it appears to me that they are covering up what actually happened that day. I'd really like to know what happened. And I don't think they were in the beast. You know, everybody keeps talking about the beast. They weren't in the beast. I I saw the pictures. He was in an SUV. The president was in an SUV that day. I'd like to know what went down in that SUV as the president was leaving the Stop the Steal rally at the Ellipse, going back to the White House when he wanted to go to the Capitol with the mob. I really like to hear those what was going on because look, it's look. I know the Secret Service doesn't have time to text while they're out there um, protecting their protectees, but they did go back to the White House and then they sat around for about an hour while the president and his staff fought over whether or not he'd go back to the Capitol. Now, that's in the record, man. That that motorcade stood there for oh, I think over an hour. So I'd like to know, I mean, you're sitting around for an hour, you have nothing to do but text, and there's stuff going down, and stuff just went down, right, between the president and his detail. I'm sure there are a few very enlightening messages back and forth while they're just sitting around doing nothing. So who knows? We'll find out. Um, I think it's a, uh, I, I think what we saw on Friday, on Thursday night uh, was, you know, it just illuminated what we already knew. Right, we knew the guy did nothing. We knew that he didn't want to say anything bad about his supporters that day. He couldn't possibly say the election was over. Uh, it, it, it's it's really terrifying to think how close we came to losing our republic on January sixth, and how there is still a movement afoot. And this guy's out there doing rallies right now. I mean, we you know for some reason on Monday Ashley Babbitt was trending again. Ashley Babbitt was a woman who lost her life on January 6th. She was shot as she tried to, as she came through the door into the House chambers after being told several times to stop by police or I will shoot. And she was shot. And it's amazing that more people weren't shot. But she was shot and she died. Uh, she was radicalized by Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is still going around the country holding rallies, telling the same lies that radicalized Ashley Babbitt, and he's at a, he's radicalizing more Ashley Babbitts, and God knows what happens after the next election that this guy loses. Because trust me, the person that would lose for sure in the Republican Party is Donald Trump. I don't think it matters who the Democrats nominate. I really don't. I think that Donald Trump loses everybody. We keep hearing about Joe Biden's numbers and how bad they are. Yeah, his numbers are really bad. But in most of those same polls... They also asked the question, who will you vote for, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? And Joe Biden wins every time, every single time. He could have a 32% approval in his poll and he beats Donald Trump, you know, 45, 40, you know, so get ready. Uh, The one guy that can't win is Trump and he's the one guy they're going to nominate, it looks like right now, although I still don't believe he's actually going to run for president. I really don't. Uh, I think that the grift is really what he's all about and he's still grifting. He loves grifting. He loves the attention. And he'll grift away until people start standing up to him. You saw the Wall Street Journal and uh, the Washington, not the Washington, the New York Post came out with op-eds or editorials from their editorial board speaking on behalf of the paper, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch, who also owns Fox News, 
uh, talking about how disgraceful his behavior was on January 6th, and it's time for the Republicans to move on from Donald Trump. Let's hope more you know, traditional Republican outlets say the same thing, because I think it's time that they all start speaking in the same voice and that we start having debates over real policy again. You know, I want to talk about economic policy. I want to talk about, you know, quantitative easing and boring policy matters that I try not to make boring on TV and the radio. I don't want to be talking about this nonsense over and over and over and over again, but it seems like we're in it for a little while longer. So, all right, I got a great guest, Janet Johnson. You know her. She's been on the show before. She's my political soul sister who I've never met in person, by the way. I've been friends with her, I think, for 10 years now, and we've never actually met. She does my radio show quite often. Uh, So uh, take a listen to this from Thursday night. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Of all the people I've never met in my life, Janet Johnson is among my favorite. Janet, how are you doing? I mean, I feel like we've met. You have to see somebody in person to meet them. I mean, I guess in this modern world we live in, that yeah. just talking on the phone and uh, the occasional text and retweet, uh, it's kind of <laughs> like we know each other. I retweeted you the other day, uh, Sui Generous. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> so, I did not, but you know, when we first met, I, was it on Newsmax? I we met that. on Newsmax. Like <laughs> It's got to be like... 10 years ago, we were like, I, I don't even do Newsmax. If somebody called me up, they're like, you want to do Newsmax? I'm like, I'm not doing Newsmax. No, I think we were, that makes us Russian agents. Or something. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I used to like, you know, I'd go on there. It wasn't that bad when it first started, right? I mean, you know. Steve Molesberg. Steve Molesberg, <laughs> who, you know, is like a New York radio guy who I, I listened to when I was a kid. And he's gotten, you know, crazier because he's trying to match the audience. But he wasn't exactly. really crazy. Like, he was just doing an act. No, and, it was like the Fox New York channel when I was growing up. It was right. the same personality. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and yeah. uh, and and you know, he was doing his show, and we'd go on, and it was okay. You could you could. Disp- Why have both of us on though? How redundant! Like that's not even interesting to have two. I, I think the that they. Thing. I think they were mistaken. I think they made a mistake that day. I I don't <laughs> they know. Thought one of us was a Republican. I think they thought you were a Republican. It, it couldn't have thought I was a Republican because I'd been I know. on. I know. What a mistake. <laughs> it was a big... supposed to argue. You know, back in the day, you know, they would say like, hey, can you argue that, you know, it's really good to shoot unarmed black people? You know, and you would have to sort of, I mean, obviously at that point you would say no, but you would go on saying... You know, you don't know if those Skittles were poisonous. Right. So it might have been okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> I remember doing that him like, oh, this woman's making sense. Oh, wait, I agree with her. Wait a minute. <laughs> wrong. Right. And I called the booker. I'm like, hey, I want to get her on my radio show. He's like, all right, give me your number. <laughs> and the rest is history. So look, we've, and look at you know how far we've come. You know, what is that, like 10 I mean, and, back, back then, Obama was president. Oh, I know. Things were great. Women had a... To, you know, not have a baby or 10 years old and rape victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the good old days back in the day. But here we are, 
you know, it's the year 2022. The world is on fire, quite literally. There are parts of the world burning right now, like London is burning. And not because it's being bombed. It's burning because it's hot. Uh, And we can't do anything about it because, I don't know, there's one or two states where they still dig coal out of the ground. Uh, It is it's it's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, people have polio in New York. Yeah, yeah, there was a polio case found in Rockland County. Uh, so guy who wouldn't wasn't vaccinated yeah. against polio. Yeah, no, I don't want to get vaccinated. What do they know? Oh, now you have polio. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, things that like in our lifetime. If you if we could go back to the Steve Malzberg show and say, you know, you're going to have to walk around with masks because there's a virus that just won't go away. And yeah, the president's going to get it. Two presidents are going to get it. I mean it knew that like the those were the good old days little did we know i i can't i can't even i can't even fathom but here we are so let's where do we begin i mean uh as we are speaking it's about an hour before the january 6th special hearing i'm pre-taping the show i know some of you are listening to this while it's on or maybe the day after it's on um or next week because you're on my podcast (laughs) awesome yeah yeah kickoff is in uh is in an hour i'm really excited for it which is why i'm taping so early tonight uh you know janet you know what do you expect the consequences and i I talked about this earlier in the show i i want a consequence where the man can never run for office again but i don't know that that will actually happen well and i have to say i myself, I'm to live in a country where we, you know, indict former presidents. I mean, that, that is, you know, even though this time it's legitimate, there's a concern, you know, their echoes will block her up. We don't yep. want, yep. you know, to uh, political prosecution. So, you know, it, it has to be an overwhelming case. Right. And I, you know, I think it's getting there. I think tonight's focus to be on his inaction, there has to be, you know, some some action that I think led to the violence, though. And, you know, I think, you know, I always compare it to Charles Manson. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't at the murder. No. You no, know? I mean, he didn't kill Sharon Tate. But he planned it. He, he and he didn't even plan it. He inspired it. Inspired it. Yeah. Do something witchy. I think that these people on the January 6th, and thankfully, there are no wacky right-wing Republicans. I mean, the best thing that ever happened is that this isn't one of those unwatchable, you know, hearings where you turn it on and there's foghorn, leghorn asking, you know, isn't it true that Donald Trump isn't the best of any president? I mean, we Yeah, I mean, the fact that they cut their members off from being on that committee fabulous. is the best thing that could have happened best thing that could happen yeah i mean they will never no party will ever do that again after this because whatever you think about these hearings they have had some impact on the way the voters feel about donald trump and republicans in general oh they're plummeting in polls. i mean that and obviously but yeah it you and i though would have never thought that that this would be a good idea and i think you know, there isn't a Democrat that would have, you know, Nancy Pelosi would never have let the Democrats do that. Even on awful committees, you know, where we had, you know, Hillary Clinton had to answer questions. The Benghazi committee, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like she, she put good members on that committee who rehabilitated her every chance they got. Exactly. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's like, you know, when, I, when I'm in trial and, 
you know, there's a very damaging witness. I don't stand up and say no cross-examination. I have to do more cross-examination. Right. They messed up and, you know, it shows the hubris and the, you know, uh, absurdity. Obviously, they would have looked bad if they got up there and questioned, you know, these very serious witnesses on, you know, Joe Biden falling off a bike, which is the kind of nonsense they would have. You know, oh, that's what they were. They were like, well, you know, Joe Biden, his son Hunter had a laptop and there were some dirty <laughs> exactly. pictures of him on it. And uh, exactly. shouldn't that disqualify President Trump, uh, President Biden? <laughs> that's what they would have done. And that's what that's, you know, obviously that I don't think that what have, doing is just giving us the unvarnished truth. And it's thing. And Liz Cheney, you know, I got to say, whatever you and I don't her, which is a lot, a lot, a lot. She's really good at this. She's fantastic at it. And, and, you know, I, I said about this about her earlier in the show. I mean, she's just a woman who I have disagreements with politically. I will never question her character. I don't, I question some of her judgment on some things, but she clearly is not trying to destroy America. Exactly. She's just somebody who has a different view of where we should be going. Right. It, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, again, I, I think she's doing a very prosecutorial job. So where this will go, I mean, I do think, that, uh, you know, Merrick Garland has a bad rap. I don't think that memo that, you know, Rachel Maddow is so excited about, it didn't say hands off Donald Trump. No, it said just let me know before yes. you do it, which I which, think, you know, when you're the boss, you might want, you know, before you go and yeah, launch no, a prosecution right? of the president, a former president of the United States, you better let the boss know. Right. This isn't a prosecution of a guy some guns and some crack. This is, you know, this is the kind of thing that you don't time on the eve of the election. You know, essentially, this is an order that been followed when Hillary Clinton was running, quite frankly. It should have been, it should have been followed, quite frankly. It's ridiculous that it wasn't, in yeah. my opinion. Ridiculous. It's why we have a Donald Trump. We wouldn't even right. be talking about him anymore. And We'd be in the second term of Hillary Clinton right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> How much better with three Supreme Court justices who didn't want to destroy a woman's right to choose and uh, didn't want to destroy the EPA and didn't want uh, to allow, you know, coaches to pray in the 50 yard line of a school. I mean, give me a break. And the teasing of, I mean, there, you know, people thought we when we said Roe would be over. But I mean, it's in Thomas's dissent that birth control is next. Yeah, I mean that's why they vote. They had a vote, and we'll talk about this. You know, we'll talk about this more. Uh, you know, there was a vote today. 195 Republicans voted against guaranteeing con- rights to contraception in America. Now, I have I have said, uh, and I believe this: those people should never ever get any ever again. <laughs> that should be their punishment. They should never get any ever again. Janet, you know. I don't understand the obsession with the right on just destroying things people like Uh, how 195 Republicans will vote against contraception is beyond me. It's, you know, and it's not polling well. It's weird because they've been pretty savvy at, you know, sort of drumming up this you know, whatever, anti-everything fervor that that works for them. Right. I mean, they, the polling, obviously, you know, this whole woke label, right. the, you know, nonsense about, you know, criti- critical race theory, which isn't taught anywhere. You know, all of right. that did work, right? But contraception? I, I mean, of, of the 195 of them, how many of them do you think were actually on contraception when they voted? 
Oh, I mean, it's like Nancy Pelosi saying, you know, this Defense of Marriage Act written by someone who's, you know, been divorced three times. Right. You know, the, but hypocrisy is their, that, that's their brand. It is and their I, brand. That's, you know, cooked into all of their actions. So no one even bats an eye at that, you know, and that, that's, that is part of the issue. But, you know, like you're saying, it's not even politically advantageous. I mean, I think... I guess this is just truly who they are, and they don't care at this point. They've got the power, and they're using it to do what they want, which we know what that is. You know, destroy public schools, destroy the safety net, you know, this sort of anti-vax, libertarian, you know, dangerous anti-science yeah. you know, platform. And, you know, Roe was the first pillar of that. And, you know, people said for years and years and years, you know, they should be careful that if they get what they, you know, want, once, you know, the dog catches the bus, it, it'll be ugly. I didn't want to think about it because it would, you know, the damage, the collateral damage is just so devastating. But maybe that is true. Maybe that's, you know, where we are. I got to get people to wake up and think about it. I mean, the polling showing that they are. Uh, I mean, look, 47 Republicans joined Democrats in the House yesterday or two days ago to uh, codify marriage equality. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Less Republicans voted for contraception. I, I don't understand how that's even possible. I mean, like, I, I, <laughs> it's like, it's like a how could you be for marriage equality but against contraception? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think uh, either, you know, I got to see the chart that plots out where that intersection is. Right, what's the Venn diagram? Yeah, yeah, because you 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 know that a lot of the movement is people like Liz Cheney, quite frankly, who has a sister who's in a gay marriage. I mean, right. there are people who have moved on those things because you know it it's in their family. Well, yeah. Now everybody who's you know look for the most part, not everybody, but a a, a vast majority of people who are gay and lesbian are out of the closet. And they're telling their friends and their family, this is who I am. And this is who I've always been. I'm not a bad person. Can you still love me? And most people still want to love their friends and family. Right. And that, you know, when we talk about the good old days under Obama, I mean, it felt like that's that's progress. Same with Roe. I mean, how do you take away rights from right, people? Right. That is not a popular thing to do. I mean, that was sort of the gamble with the Affordable Care Act. Like, once you give people health insurance, you you don't want to be the party that took it away. Right. You know? And how does but, a guy like Clarence Thomas write an opinion? I mean, you and I read the opinion because we're law nerds, yeah. right? How do you write an opinion that says, yeah, bring me Obergefell, which is marriage equality. Bring me Griswold. Bring me all these cases. But you know what? Leave Loving v. Virginia alone, right? Well, I think that- Like, it's I mean, the same. All, Loving v. Virginia is the father of all those cases. Ex- well, exactly. I mean, Griswold. And, yeah, exactly. But look at it. You know, first of all, if I was married to Ginny Thomas, I might not mind nullifying <laughs> that marriage either. Maybe he's tired oh. of being married to Ginny Thomas. Right. But, but I think that there is that. It's like the log cabin Republicans. I mean, these- People don't get that the people who don't like that aren't going to like you either. Right. It, it's self-loathing or it's just some lack of insight where they don't understand, hey, this is about, you know, my 
choices as well. You know, I'm I mean, starting to not believe that there's such thing as a log cabin Republican anymore. I, I mean, I haven't seen any national spokesman for the log cabin Republicans in a long well, time. Well, you see them tweet, right? But yeah, they, but who is that? That like could be like you know, uh, you know, Mitt Romney's niece tweeting for them, Ronna Romney. That well, that's true. Like the the people who you know, black people for Trump, and there are white people wearing the T-shirt. You know, um, yeah. I mean, you do see, you know, Peter. I mean, there are high-profile, you know, gay people. I think this with Jews as a Jew. You know, who are the people who are, you know, against immigration, whose, you know, grandparents came here as immigrants? I mean, you think about a guy like Peter Thiel. Like, how is that? How do you support people who don't even believe you're a human being? I, I mean, it's, again, that's like some psychological, you know, why are diamond and silk well, I, they, I know exactly why Diamond and Silk are Republicans because Money. it's a living, yeah, it's right? There's a, right. there's certain people who are doing it for a living, and I'm sure right. there are certain gay Republicans that that's their job. Like I think that Milo guy, it's just a gig. Frankly, yeah. it's an act and a gig. It's his ticket to show business. Right. I think he took it a little too far, and now he's kind of kind of gone. But I don't. I never believed it. Never for a minute. Yeah. No. I mean, I and I think that. Peter Thiel, again, he's in this rarefied, you know, group, Elon Musk. I mean... Yeah, he's a trillionaire. (laughs) He's fine no matter what happens. Right. You know, I guess he hates black people, you know, more than he loves his fellow gay people. I I guess so. the only thing you can think, and he's going to be fine no matter what. It's so, so sad. You know, the Supreme Court, I mean, everybody's focused on Roe, and, and rightfully so, because you're taking away a right. But I feel like the Supreme Court has basically cropped into some other areas like, you know, separation of church and state, uh, the EPA issues, whether or not, you know, we can have any kind of administration. You know, the Republicans want to attack what they call the administrative state. Um, how far do you think this is going to go? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's our it's the nightmare that we all thought. I mean that the same logic. I mean less separation of, tr- of church and state because that's clearly that was just a bad ruling that's in the constitution. Yeah, they clearly did. I was more it. concerned about the ruling about the coach than I was about the school because well, I thought it, the main law. I read the opinion and I thought the main law was poorly drafted and I think they even cited that in the case. Well, and you know. They lied about the facts. I mean, he he wasn't on his own taking a knee in right. the end zone. He had these players midfield around him, and the players felt, and they, this is why right. he sued, they felt pressured to participate, which is exactly what separation... Uh, you and I were both athletes in our lives. Right. I right. played football in, in college and in, in high school. And if my coach asked me to pray midfield... I would pray midfield because I want to play. Exactly. Right? And, and you know, maybe those justices never played sports. I, I thought that Brent Kavanaugh was a basketball coach at one point in his life. I, I remember hearing that in his hearings, but maybe he lied about that like he lied about everything else he did. <laughs> like he lied about his position on row. I don't know. <laughs> but I think because to him, I mean, he went to Catholic school, didn't he? I mean, to him, the idea of not wanting to pray is is, you know, just totally foreign. He can't understand that there were kids who wouldn't want to participate. And, and in it's that. one thing to pray, you know. Like I had a coach in college that would do a pregame prayer, but the prayer started, "Let us pray each in our own way." 
Mm, not right. to Jesus, not to Allah, not to Buddha, not to pray in your own way. Yeah. And it was like a speech that he gave every pray in your own way, pray that nobody gets hurt. You know, thank, you know, thank God. Thank he ended it. Thank God. Thank someone that you had this opportunity to play college football for such a short, precious time in your life. Good luck. God bless. I love you. <laughs> purple on three. One, two, three, purple. And I loved it. I loved it. And but nobody was ever pressured to do it anymore. What? And people used to be afraid that courts would tell them they're doing the wrong thing. They don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. The Supreme Court has told them they can pray in any way they want, in any coercive way they want. I mean, you know, my mom, I, I have a Jewish mother. My mom would have been, you know, livid, would have driven to school had I even, you know, whiffed uh, that this was happening. I mean, any sense that that was happening. Now, they could just laugh in her face and say, hey, the Supreme Court says we can do this. Yeah. And that's, it is clearly a constitutional violation. And, you know, that is where Roe, I think you and I learned in law school that Roe was always going to be you know, tenuous, right? Because this idea of a right to privacy is kind of constructed. We don't have a right to an abortion as enshrined in the Constitution, not as we have the right to be free from or to practice our religion. Well, we don't. We look exactly, and that's a key thing. And you know, with the Roe thing, you know, taking away the right to privacy opens up all sorts of doors. I mean, yes. we talked about marriage equality, we talked about contraception, but really, it takes away. All sorts of things. Well, loving, miscegenation, I mean, you know, all busing, you know, I mean, the things that, you know, we, certainly any decision about, you know, our health care, about, you know, what we think of, people will suspect they have a right to privacy. They really don't now. Right. They really don't. And this is where, and I think you can't criticize, you know, in the past there was this idea, why didn't Democrats, you know, codify Roe? Well, first of all, we never had the vote. Right. We never could have done it. And the fear was if you did pass legislation and it went to the Supreme Court, it would have just, you know, quickly been the demise of Roe. It wouldn't have been a slow death. It would have been a quick death. Right. And now, in light of this ruling, they they are reacting. And they're reacting and making Republicans go on the record and say things like you were just saying, I don't believe in a right to contraception. Yeah. That's, I mean... That's and I think, look, really- I think that's a tough vote to take. I mean, how do you say you're against contraception and then go campaign for re-election? I... I mean, are all of these people from safe seats? Are there 195 seats where you could basically tell people you're not allowed to have sex unless you want to have kids? Well, my congressman, John Rutherford, he's one of them and he is going to win. So I guess so. I I mean, it's it. I I mean, how how gerrymandered is this country where you could tell? I mean, I would think that most Americans. uh, No, I'm sorry. I would bet all Americans (laughs) have sex. I mean, I hope all Americans between the ages of, I don't know, let's say 18 and 60 have sex regularly without wanting to have children result from it. Unless you're like, you know, super religious and I don't know. Right. I I, I would imagine the percentage of people that are having sex only to reproduce is very small in America. 10% or less. Right. So you're talking, you're taking a position that appeals to 10% of Americans and 90% of Americans think you're an idiot. So I, if they put yeah, if they put two and two together, I mean, you know, I live in Florida, so all of my representatives are 
horrific and probably vote against the interest of you know the majority of Floridians and the majority of Floridians. I mean I mean Marco Rubio talking about this you know marriage yeah. equality vote like it was like the dumbest thing in the world well I don't know I've been to Miami there are quite a few gays there Marco I know and, and I, I mean, <laughs> and by the way they're very wealthy too like I I mean and if we don't make hay and advertise that you know this a vote for him is a vote for saying that I think it's silly to let people marry who they please, then, you know, obviously that that's a mistake. Well, and our Democratic Party here is not great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, let me just ask you about that. I know we didn't plan to talk about the Floridian gubernatorial and Senate races this year. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, Ron DeSantis is governing like he lives in Alabama. And I don't really think that Florida is like Alabama. Am I wrong? It's I mean, just bizarre. He is to me, one of the least appealing politicians ever. I mean, I, he's smirky. He has that punchable face. He hasn't done one good thing. But I will say, you know, you talk to, like, kind of, you know, I live in North Florida. It's very conservative. People, you know, praise him. I cannot tell you how many people said he did a great job with COVID because he didn't, you know, he stayed out of it. He let us keep our businesses. Yeah. Open. You know, basically. He sp- and, and he just he, didn't count how many people died because they live in other states. They're only here for the winter. And, you know, <laughs> he, he didn't do a great job. He did nothing and, you know, made it so that you couldn't even make people wear masks in your workplace. I mean, it was right. terrible. Right. Even but, if you wanted them to, even like you own your business. No, I'm going to tell you how your business runs. Awful. Right. Awful. I mean, I'm not telling you how your business should run, except for don't do what I don't want you to do. I, Which, I, by the way, is what he said to Disney, too. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and this idea that he's, you know, libertarian and pro-business and then, you know, basically takes books out of libraries and you can't say gay. I mean, everything he's done is terrible. I, I voted for Chris in the primary. I didn't vote for Nikki Freed, who I thought I was going to vote for. I don't think she ran a great campaign. Right. Um, but is Chris, like, the most exciting guy ever? No. I mean, I don't know if people are going to turn out to vote for Chris. And, you know, DeSantis only beat, you know, um, Gillum by 10,000 votes. Right. You know? Like three-tenths of 1%. He's governing like he got a 70-30 victory. I know, but, you know, Chris isn't Gillum, and I don't. I don't know. I mean, who knows? We we don't seem to nominate the best people. Well, Chris has been governor of Florida, right? He he was a two term yeah. governor of Florida as a Republican. As a Republican, yeah. uh, whether or not Democrats are going to rally around him in the same way they rallied around, you know, Gillum is another question. But you know, I I mean, Gillum almost won, and now granted, it was a great year for Democrats. Um, right. This is not going to be a great year for Democrats. Maybe not as bad as we think, but not great. Uh, I don't know. Well, and, you know, Bill Nelson and Gillum were, you know, on the ballot at the same time, both lost. And as it turned out, I think Bill Nelson was a drag. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I do think it's going to be better for Democrats because Roe is a total game changer. Total game changer. I mean, I would take Roe and I would take the gay rights issue and I would run with that in Florida all day, all and, day on both of them. And gas is still on the decline. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? You know, how many employees does Disney have in Florida? 100,000, uh, right? I, I yeah. would imagine they're pissed off too. I, I mean, how do you run against Disney in Florida? I, I, I get you might want to run against Disney if you're like in Alabama or some other state that doesn't employ 100,000 Disney employees. <laughs> you know, and, and not just employee. I mean, the number of adults 
that go to Disney on a regular basis is stunning to me because it is completely not interesting to me. But what? Floridians love it there. They I mean, love it there. And by the way, the, the area around Disney is completely dependent on Disney. It yeah. is like, you know, it Disney and uh, all the studios there. I mean, it's, it's all crazy theme park. That's Democrat. I mean, that I-4 corridor is Democrat now. So, I mean, that's where, you know, Val Deming's going to do great. I mean, she's from there. You know, yeah. she's running against, you know, Marco. I mean, she's going to do well, I think. Um, but is she going to meet Marco Rubio? I don't think so. I mean. Well, let's hope that, you know, all the gays he pissed off in South Florida, and there are a lot of them. I mean, I, I mean, there, I mean, isn't there like a whole district? I, 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 I don't know how they don't get active and push back on this nonsense. I don't get it. I'd be yeah, I'd be in the I mean, street every day if my senator said that I'm not that you know my rights are just silly to talk about. I, I agree. Listen, I agree, but you know, he, I think he's just completely revolting anyway. I don't know why anyone votes. I know. For him I don't get it either. I, I just don't get the appeal. I guess it's the Cuban thing. All right, Janet. As always, this has gone by too quick. I know. I want to tell my listeners to uh, to listen to you. And to uh, watch you on HLN and to follow you on Twitter at Jay Johnson Law on Twitter. Love, love and, it. And of course, you'll be back on my show, I would say, within the next four to six weeks because I can't go that long without talking to you <laughs> about politics. Uh, so, Janet, it's always great. Thanks for joining me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio. And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, that's Janet Johnson. Make sure you follow her on Twitter. She's at jjohnsonlaw on Twitter. She's on HLN a lot. I don't know if you watch HLN. It used to be called Headline News. It's not really anymore. I don't know what it is anymore. It's like programming and Nancy Grace and all these other things. Anyway. So finally today, let me just talk about the false prophets making their way around this country. And by the way, I, I don't know that Joel Olstein is a false prophet. I, I don't watch him. He does appear to be, you know, like one of the righteous gemstones, though, one of these ultra wealthy preachers who travels around on a private jet and speaks at stadiums and, uh, you know, TV shows on multiple networks where he's bringing in all sorts of dough. And I just find this prosperity gospel that he's preaching to be so different than what I grew up. Look, I, I'm again, I've told you this before. I don't go to church anymore. I grew up in the church, the evangelical church, uh, and read the Bible multiple times. I was touched by Jesus' charity, but Jesus also said it was it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know that I believe that. I'm sure there are lots of people who are wealthy and give back to the world and give back charitably. They're good to people. I'm sure there's lots of them. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. But there's. I'm sure there's some. I also remember 
in the book of Matthew, Jesus saying, when you pray, go into your closet and pray. Do not make a show of your religion among men. I can think of nothing more showy than Joel Olstein going to Yankee Stadium to do a revival. Uh, that seems a little show business to me. I think I could think of nothing more showy than Joel Olstein running his Sunday morning show on like four or five different networks throughout the day. You could catch that stupid show all the time. Now, he's not even really what I want to talk about here. What I want to talk about is this weaponized Christianity that's holding like Donald Trump up as some messenger of God and painting Democrats or liberals or progressives or anybody who really stands in their way as evil. People that really, you know, when you paint somebody as evil, it is very easy to hate them and commit violence against them. And I am concerned that this branch of toxic Christianity, as I will call it, has really taken hold. And I think it is a major threat to this country. And I also think it's really more about white nationalism than it is about Christianity. And I do believe there are some people that are caught up in this wave that don't understand that. But I do think the people that are leading it very much do. And I think a lot of people involved with it do. But I do think that there are a lot of people who go to church on Sunday who uh, who believe in God, read the Bible. Now, of course, if you actually read the Bible, you could never be a Republican, right? Uh, if you read the Bible and you saw a group of people trying to escape atrocities in Central America, you'd try to figure out how to help them, not how to keep them out of your house, right? You would try to figure that out. If you saw people who were hungry, you would figure out how to feed them. You wouldn't be worried about its, its impact on you know, the economy or inflation, right? We're all this talk about inflation and people are trying to blame inflation on the fact that we gave poor people some money so that they could take care of their kids and eat when all jobs shut down. I find it hard to believe that that's the cause. I really do. In fact, I know it's not the cause because I'm not a freaking idiot. No, you know, true Christians, true believers in Christ, and, and I hate this. I feel like I'm, I'm preaching to you right now, right? True believers in Christ want to help those in need. They want to they feed the hungry. They want to clothe the homeless. They want to help find care for the sick. You know, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe that Jesus Christ would be all for the Republican plan to gut Medicare and Social Security. You know, gut care to our senior citizens, which is what they want to do. And, and what's sad is a lot of senior citizens right now are swept up in this cult and they don't even realize how bad it will be for them. And maybe it won't affect them at all. Maybe it'll affect me, you know, 20 years from now when I retire. Or, you know, if you're younger listening to this, and I know my audience skews younger, you know, you're somebody in your 30s, well, it's definitely going to affect you. And, and if you're listening to me, I know you're politically active, so I, I don't have to tell you to be politically active. But you might want to talk to your friends about that because you're going to be paying into a system for a couple of years now, and it's going to be gone by the time you get there because that's their goal. 
and Republicans play the long game. I shouldn't even say Republicans because I honestly feel that these MAGA people are not really Republicans. They're just something else. They're this cult. It's a cult of personality, frankly. But conservatives do play the long game. Uh, see Roe v. Wade. I mean, uh, Janet and I talked about it um, during the interview. They play the long game. They'll figure out a way to get rid of Social Security because if that's something they want to do, they'll do it. Or they'll figure out a way to privatize it so you could lose your money in crypto or something on the stock market. I mean, can we all agree that crypto is ridiculous? I mean, I don't know if we, we can all do that yet. I don't know if I have a crypto sponsor. I don't think I do. I doubt I would get one. Um, but it seems a little ridiculous to me. It seems like uh, something somebody made up to make some money. I don't understand how a piece of code that does nothing has any value. I just don't. I, I guess somebody said, we could, we, we could assign value to anything we want that's unique. I mean, just like, oh, look, we, 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 we assign value to a currency, paper currency, but that paper currency has the full faith and credit of the United States government behind it. What does crypto have? I don't know, frankly. I really don't. I don't understand it. Uh, It seems to me not to be a currency. It is like any other stock market gamble. If people want it, it'll go up. If people don't want it, it'll go down. You can't have a currency that fluctuates in value 30 40% in a single day, multiple days a year without any reason whatsoever other than the fact people are investing in it. So anyway, I'm like off on a tangent here, completely off on a tangent. I was talking about religion and how it's dangerous right now. I think I got to do a whole show on toxic Christianity and I got to get somebody involved that's better at this than me. So, or at least better on this topic than me. Okay. I think we've all had enough and I really do appreciate you listening. Please tell a friend and, uh, and thanks. And I want to remind you now, as I always do to seek the truth, question everyone and everything even me seek the truth i know it's out there and i know you'll find it if you look for it and i'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as i see it i'm chris hahn thanks for listening to the aggressive progressive podcast BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is a message for anyone with high LDLC or bad cholesterol who has had or is at risk of having a cardiovascular adverse event. Merck is studying an investigational medication to see whether it may help lower the risk of future cardiovascular adverse events. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death worldwide. And in the United States alone, there are over 73 million people living with high LDLC. To learn about whether you may qualify, visit CoralReefStudies.com now. Again, that is C-O-R-A-L-R-E-E-F-S-T-U-D-I-E-S dot com.